This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show. We know the Yankees are very, very analytically driven, very stubborn when it comes to that stuff. And I know that they're in the midst of a stretch of 13 straight games without a day off. I get it. Why the hell can't Aaron Judge be in the line? Why? He can't even DH? Because you know something? You don't want to get him on his feet, or you want to get him off his feet. Meantime, he's in the dugout standing up against the top step and and, and up against the railing. If he's supposed to be off his feet, why don't you have Aaron Judge in the clubhouse? Literally sitting in a lazy boy in the recliner, sitting in the trainer's room. To me, it makes absolutely no sense. Why don't you rest him in Chicago next week? Make sure he's out there all three games against Baltimore. Make sure he's out there all three games against Tampa Bay. Houston coming in this weekend. Same thing. You're chasing them. Get your best players in the lineup. If not, why in God's name did you give this guy $362 million? Explain that to me. Explain it. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Need some explaining. That's what we're looking for. That was a fast-moving hour. It really and truly was. I'm getting, like, text messages from people far and wide. They're like, my gosh, that's a fast-moving hour. I agree. We don't script it that way. It just kind of evolves organically. What can I say? Hour number two, Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Remember, trade deadline tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, so 22 hours from now. We'll see if the Yankees do anything. We'll see if the Mets continue to sell off Mark Canna, the latest. He goes to Milwaukee for a minor league pitcher. Let me give you the specifics on that one. We didn't talk about it. Justin Jarvis is the guy they got back from the Milwaukee Brewers. 14 starts this year in double-A Biloxi, Mississippi. He's got a 3-3-3 ERA. Not too shabby. They did bring him up to AAA at one point, and he made a few starts, and he looked about as effective as Luis Severino did last night in the first inning. So AAA, not for him. They brought him back down to AA, where he's a little bit more comfortable here. Uh, the, the tricky part about Justin Jarvis is this. He's Rule 5 eligible, or he's eligible for the Rule 5 at the end of the season, which means if the Mets want to keep him around, they're going to have to put him on the 40-man roster. And you do that, you know what that means. You're going to then leave somebody exposed to possibly being picked up because you're going to have to take them off the 40-man as well. So a little bit tricky there, but you never know. Canna was essentially a rental anyways. And now Milwaukee, who needs some offense, sees if they could catch lightning in a bottle with Mark Canna, who spends about a year and a half here with the Mets. Tommy Pham, Justin Verlander, those are the two likeliest to still be ex-Mets by 6 o'clock tomorrow. Yankees, you know, we'll wait and see what they decide to do. Right now they're losing to Tampa Bay 3-1. That one is in the fourth inning, and it's been the home run ball. Brandon Lau, a two-run shot in the first off of Johnny Brito. Wander Franco, solo shot in the third. And then Jake Bowers has himself a solo shot sandwiched in between in the second inning. That is how the offense stacks up here this evening. But, uh, again... Executives know this. I think the harder part is from the fans. You got to look at this thing realistically. You can't just say like, oh, let's, you know, we got to go get this, get this guy, get that guy. But do you think it's really going to yield dividends for you when it's all said and done? That's the tricky part of this. And when I look at the Yankees right now, I don't see a championship caliber team. Sure as hell didn't see that with the Mets, and that's why they sold off players. I'm not saying the Yankees should go in, in, in fire sale mode because they don't have enough assets that other people want and realistically that they're going to part ways with. You know, the Yankees expect to be competitive. Yankees try to win again next year. I mean, right now, 
right? I mean, if, if we look at this thing rationally, 2024 rolls around. I mean, the Yankees are going to have a better shot to get to the top of the mountain than the Mets will. They will. Because the Yankees have more guys in tow that you know are going to be on this team next year at an elite level, more so than you could say about the Mets. And it might look substantially different come 6 o'clock tomorrow. 800-919-3776. All right, let's get some calls up here. Let's say hi to Lonnie in Long Island up next here on 98.7. Lonnie, how we doing? Dan, how's it going, Dan? I hope everything's well. Lonnie, things are good, bro. I'm, I'm just disgusted. Hey, the Yankees, I'm done. They're done. Stick a fork in them. The management on down. They all got to go. I'm going to trade. Here's my trade. And then I'll tell you one thing about the Jets. Yep. My thing is, I'll give you – you could have Seriano, Donaldson, Nanton, Rizzo, and I'll even throw you a fifth prospect, a prospect off the Yankee roster. Five guys for one. You give me a tiny – I know he's not tradable right now, but – Maybe they might with five guys for one. Let's see. And the and the Jets, man, I hope they sign Cook. They signed that this week, man, I tell you, that'll make a big difference. Uh, take a load off of Rodgers. And um, if the rookie from last year, if Hall's hurt still, this guy could fill right in. And I think that'll help the Jets. Yeah, Lonnie, I don't know what's going to happen with Cook, to be honest with you. You know, he wasn't there today. He spent all Sunday at the facility. I believe he went out to dinner last night um, with some team brass. But he was already back down to Florida today. And now the ball's in his court. I'm sure that there's some flirtations with the Miami Dolphins. I think when push comes to shove, I think that's where he ultimately wants to be because that's home for him. But it all comes down to money. You know, they could talk about winning and this and that. I mean, Dalvin Cook wants to get paid because Dalvin Cook, you know, he looks at his career up until this point. He's been extremely productive, right? He's put up numbers. He's done the Pro Bowls. He's done the whole nine yards. And he finds himself in a situation where Minnesota cuts him to save a couple of bucks. And he's like, well, wait a second. I'm one of the best players at my position in the NFL. Why shouldn't I get paid? That's what he wants to have happen. That hypothetical trade that Lonnie just floated out there for Shohei Otani, why don't you include Johnny Brito, too, if you're just throwing garbage back out to, uh, funny, to the Angels? You know? Because that's essentially what Johnny Brito's doing right now. He just gives up back-to-back home runs in the fourth inning. Itzhak Paredes and Josh Lowe go uh, back-to-back here, so it's 5-1 to one Tampa Bay over the New York Yanks. Think about that for a second, right? Think about that for a second. Like, we spend all this time bellyaching, about the lineup and judge and who's in and who's out. And it goes back to what I said initially about Severino, and I even put this out there on social media last night. You know what? If your starting pitchers are not giving you an opportunity to even remain in the game, what good is it who's in the lineup? Think about that. You got a starting pitcher last night who gives up seven runs in the first inning. We're in the fourth right now, and this guy's already given up four runs tonight. And you want to say, well, Brito's not a real starter, and he's only making a spot start for Herman. Fine. Look, I- I'm willing to meet you halfway. I know the reality. But it's not like Domingo Herman is the second coming of, uh, you know, I'm going to use his name again, Greg Maddox. Okay. Yanks got some issues, and again, that's one of the reasons why I would not do anything foolish to make an ill-fated pursuit of going to the playoffs this year. you got to be realistic. Jose is in Brooklyn. He is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Jose, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing today, Mr. Grasso's? Oh, you know what, Jose? It's Monday. Just trying to milk as much as I can out of the month of July. Got a few more hours left, and let's see where it gets us. 
No, I definitely understand. Shout out to the company. Definitely heard my boy Aaron earlier. And it was kind of funny because me and him looked at each other when we saw the other teams play. And we were just like, let's just not get mercyed. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> well, you know what it is? And, and Jose was at the softball on Saturday. It was great meeting him. You, you look at it and you say, here's the number one objective. And normally they say, like, you know, have fun, have fun. good time, all those <laughs> things. To me, that's not the number one objective. The number one objective is, number one, don't do anything stupid. Okay. Exactly. Number two objective is, <laughs> is don't get injured and don't do something foolish that is maybe going to impact the rest of your summer when you actually want to be outside and doing things. So that was my mm -hmm. objective going into the game, and at least I came away in one piece. <laughs> very true, very true. So I definitely wanted to, you know, chime in on the Yankees because I, I, I'm at the point where – I just want them to lose. Like, uh, I'm at, le like, you know, when, when you were saying, you know, uh, have they found any consistency? <laughs> it's literally the same conversation that you had a month ago with the Mets when they were, you know, around, like, you know, when they were just, you know, a few games out and they didn't have that many teams. But now it doesn't feel that way and it doesn't look like they are going to win. And my fear is that they're going to try to, convince themselves since they're so close that they'll actually try to make a make a phony run and it's gonna really be depressing because you know what yes i i you know what i want that 90 90 loss team to please really stand up because i i i've never been more sure that this is a 90 loss team without aaron judge because they're just that horrible like Garrett Cole can <laughs> he can't save us like like he only pitches one out one out of every five days so it, it, it's on to the point where it's like they're, they're better off losing I know it's not going to happen I know they're going to try to make a push but that's going to be the detriment and I know you said you know we have to get over you know George being gone and everything and 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 it's kind of hard to get over it it's kind of hard to get over it, especially when you look at other you know teams owners and, and other team families and, you know, you could just look at the Lakers and you see what the, their family did to get rid of their dumb brother to, you know, who, who owned the team and was <laughs> their running dumb into the brother. ground. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I, I just don't know, like, what else. I just don't know what else to say at this point. It's just like I'm frustrated. It is what it is. I still watch the games. At this point, I am going to turn it off after the seventh inning. I'm not going to put myself through the torture of watching all nine innings. This, can't, this, this, this is just going to be the end of it. I can't wait for football season to start. So thank you for letting me ramble on. <laughs> Jose, appreciate you as always, man. Look, it's, it's a painful truth. And look, I keep going back to this world, the word reality, right? I keep coming back to that because – when you look at it from the Yankees side of things, that's, I think, what you have to inject into this conversation. I mean, let's go back, right? Let, let, let's go back over the last close to 15 years since the Yankees last won a World Series and how many different other franchises got to the top of the mountain that weren't named the New York Yankees since they last won it. The San Francisco Giants won three championships in a five-year span. Okay, the Kansas City Royals, who are a small market team, they went to back to back World Series, won one of them, as a matter of fact. The Texas Rangers went to back to back World Series, really should have won that second one in 2011, but they got there. Cleveland got to a World Series. 
and lost in a painful game seven, right? The Tampa Bay Rays got to a World Series. I know it was a Fugazi 60-game season, but still, they got there, right? They found a way to make it happen. Why did the Astros build an organization the way they did? They were a god-awful team that was losing 100 games. They tanked for how long? And forget about the fact with the cheating in 2017. They got themselves to a point, though, where they had really, really good players. And they put together a run which was pretty damn excellent. And they're still a part of it right now. The Dodgers and everything that they're, they've done in the National League side of things. Right? The Boston Red Sox won a championship. A couple of championships, as a matter of fact. You know, the Atlanta Braves, they went through a, let's use the term again, a repurpose for a little bit. Brought in new management. Alex Anthopoulos took over. Voila. The Braves, as far as I'm concerned, are almost the gold standard in Major League Baseball right now. Interestingly enough, Domingo Herman, who didn't start the game tonight because of the armpit, apparently the armpit's feeling good enough. I don't know if he rubbed some icy hot under it or whatever the hell he did, but he's in the bullpen right now warming up. Oh, geez. Like, they're going to bring him on to save this disaster. I don't think he's going to grab a bat, though, because the Yanks still got to play catch-up offensively. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. That's the anthem for the baseball teams in this city here for 2023. When they do the highlight videos at the end of the year, it's going to be this. Good old Benny Hill theme. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Going to be with you all week at our time. Back home here from 7 to 10, with the exception of Thursday, because we got Jets football against the Cleveland Browns, the Hall of Fame game. Coverage begins at 7 o'clock with Greg and myself on the pregame show. Bob and Marty will have the call thereafter. Uh, you hear from Jeremy Ruckert this week in the pregame show. Second-year tight end out of Ohio State. Local product from uh, Lindenhurst there on Long Island. Grew up a Jet fan, so uh, had a chance to catch up with him. Good spot. You'll get a chance to hear that on Thursday. Herman's in the game now for the Yanks in the fifth inning, so good to see the armpit is feeling better. Uh, but the only thing that's an armpit right now is uh, the Yankees as a whole is the way they're playing baseball. Not very good. Trailing 5-1. to one. You thank, thank you for Thank you for the confirmation on that one, by the way. Appreciate that. Uh, let us say hi to 
Bobby in Long Island, who is up next here on 98.7. Hello, Bobby. How are you? Hi, uh, hi, Dan. I guess it's easier to pitch when you're down by four runs than at the start a game with Germont. It's, it's hilarious. It, uh, uh, it, it anyway, makes no sense. Well, I think that's probably what it is. Probably more of a mental thing with him. Yeah. But um, with, with, with Scherzer, I just, I just want to talk about uh, Scherzer, Verlander, and the act quotation real quick. Um, Scherzer, you know, not, I know you said a couple of things. He's been bad, but he's got that. He's been bad this year as well, considering he's making $43 million. And with Verlander, um, I think that the Dodgers is, is the team because they have the prospects. The Astros do not have prospects. I don't even know if Verlander wants to go back to Houston. And I want to talk about the, uh, the, the Yankee rotation. Um, everyone's talking highly about Cortez, but ever since the playoffs, he's either been hurt and fished 12 or 5 ERA. So there's no guarantee this guy's going to come back an all-star that he was. Rodan, if somehow they make the playoffs, you don't know how he's going to be. Schmidt was awful in the playoffs last year. So, I mean, even – and we know about the other guys, how terrible they've been. So, you know, there's no guarantee even their starters, uh, you know, are going to – you know, obviously other than Cole are going to actually produce in, a, in that first round if, if they somehow get in, which right now it's a 50-50. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing, Bob. I mean, right now, do you have any confidence that if this team gets in the playoffs that they're going to be able to do anything? You know, do you? And we lost Bobby there. But that that's the problem. To me, that is the overriding theme when you're talking about the Yankees. Like, what is the chance? You know, everybody wants to revert back to the Philadelphia Phillies from last year. That Phillies team, the makeup of that club on paper was way different than the Yankees. We talked about that in the past. Yankee, that Phillies team had guys in that lineup that were dangerous, that were producing, not based on what they did in, you know, four or five years ago like you got with the Yankees, where Stanton was an MVP once upon a time. Donaldson, before he got hurt, was an MVP once upon a time. Rizzo, before he struck out five times a game, won a World Series and was an all-star and on and down the line. Phillies had dudes who were actually dangerous at the plate. What are you saying about the Yankees? Nothing. Nothing at all. Let us say hi to uh, our pal Anthony in the mail truck, who is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Anthony, how are you? Dan, do you even have to ask me how I am? Well, Anthony, you know, it's a courtesy. I care about you. You know that. And I know that your team's not doing well. I want to make sure you're okay. And I appreciate that. Uh, And uh, shout out to the company. And you know what, Dan? I... I am this close to just just being done. And not done in, in, a, in a sense where I'm not going to watch the games because I'm still going to watch the games because I'm a sucker. And, you know, um, you know, I'm 28 years old, and I've never seen this team as bad as they are right now. Even in 2016, there was hope. You know, we had Gary coming up. We had uh, Torres. We had you know, judge and, you know, all these pieces. That was great. You know what I mean? And I was just talking to Joe Leo and, you know, he's telling me, oh, Domingo Herman, you know, was uh, coming into the game and, and I almost threw up. Um, and, you know, I, I said to him, maybe they were just trying to get Burrito, you know, some recency bias with some of the trades that may be going on. And, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if he went to, you know, Aaron Boone and said, nope, my armpit's good. Like, you know, I can go in now. Are, are we playing now? Like, I, I just, I don't get this team. Well, well, Anthony, um, Anthony, not- real quick, yeah, let, me, let me interrupt for a second, yeah. okay? To just just mm-hmm. to, again, build on your point. It's sure. five, like, he couldn't start the game, Herman. 
You're down right. five to one. The building is on fire already. Is that fair to Herman yep. to ask him to show up with a fire hose and to put the fire out, given the circumstances? I, I just don't understand the logic. Do you? Did we lose Anthony? Oh. Oh, I guess we lost Anthony. I don't know. Something's going on with the phone. It's a little weird. But again, like, to my point, are you doing right by Herman? Like, if he's, if he's not good, like, oh, I don't know. You know, I sit here, and for years, I try to defend the manager. I try to defend the way of thinking and the thought process with some of these decisions. And I understand that a lot of it is steeped in analytics. I get all that stuff. But help me figure this one out. This afternoon, his armpit hurts. He's not good enough to start the game. He can't throw the first pitch. He can't pitch in the top of the first because of his armpit. All of a sudden, magically, the armpit feels okay. The team is losing 5-1 to one because his last-minute substitute got bombed on the mound tonight, and now you're going put to put him in because he's good enough to pitch the fifth, but he couldn't pitch the first. So a four-inning difference? What is it, magic armpit? Is, that some, is there some new, like, over-the-counter topical cream that I'm unaware of? Right? Armpit, go away. You just rub it under there, and all of a sudden, magically, you're as good as new. You know, is it like the armpit version of Icy Hot? What, what is it? I don't get it. What, what do the computers tell you? You know, how do you put that in and try to get an answer and derive some output analytically when you're talking about a sore armpit? What does the computer tell you? I, I'd like to know the answer to that one. See if we could get one of those, like, tech guys from Silicon Valley on the line. And maybe we could, you know, they could shed some light on it. I don't know. Limo Ed is up next. He's, of course, in his limo. Where else would he be? And he's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Edward, how the hell are you, buddy? Oh, my man, Mr. Grimes. I'm so proud of you, man. You're all over the place making this money. I'm so proud of you. Oh, my God. Ed, how do you know I'm making money? Come on, Ed. How, what I if I'm not doing this money, out of the goodness man. of my heart? Hey, if you live in Jersey and pay them high taxes, I know you're making money. Oh, the taxes are <laughs> terrible. Ed, the taxes are terrible. All right? That's why I'm in PA since uh, 25 years. <laughs> smart. Smart. Hey, you're smart I, one, hey, Eddie. Hey, with my, you know, brother, listen. Uh, you know why his armpit's good? He probably had a boil underneath of it. They popped it, and now he's all good. So that's your answer right there for you. You know? <laughs> he had one of them um, boils underneath there, and they, boop. He's good. Let's go. (laughs) Hey, listen, man. Listen, I want to talk about my Jets real quick. Really, we don't need Cook. We got Brees. And you know what, Brees Hall? And we don't really, you know, we've got the other two running backs. Take that money. Save it. What are you going to do? What are you going to sign him to? How many years? And then Brees is going to get upset. He probably is upset. You know, he's probably saying, why are you bringing this guy in, even though I'm not ready yet or may be ready? But, I mean, why waste this kind of money? Listen, he needs to go to, hey, listen, he didn't win in Minnesota. I don't want him bringing under that bad karma that he got up there in Minnesota down under my Jets, you know, because we're looking good. And, um, you know, I, I just don't feel that we should spend that kind of money. You know what? Take that money for another player that we need. Uh, on that note, I'm very proud of Mr. Rogers. Uh you know, he gave back a little bit of money. And I don't know if you heard this on the NFL Network yesterday or day before yesterday. Um, that 
he was talking about that guy Martin, I guess, the, the lineman. I think he's a guard or a tackle. From and the he Cowboys. wants more money. But he's, right. And he still had two more years on his um, on his contract, you know, but he wants more money. So they asked Jerry Jones. So Jerry Jones, he's funny. He said, well, tell Zach if I didn't have to pay him all that money, maybe Mr. Martin could get some money. <laughs> so... <laughs> Hey, that's what the Cowboys got to get right down there. Jerry Jones has to realize, you know what? Bottom line, they need Zach Martin. I know he's a guard. I know he doesn't have the ball in yeah. his hands and all those things. Zach Martin yeah. is the best yeah. at what he does in the NFL. Yes. Yeah. And on my Jets real quick, Yeah. please, please, Jared, well, please, stop. You know what? I went to one of the practices. I got my season six this year. I finally oh, nice. Got yeah, I, I did, man. I got one set for myself, and that still was almost three thousand dollars with the ticket and with the parking and everything. And I'm coming hey. from PA, so Ed, you know, you got to you got to help pay Mister Rogers' salary. You know that. Come on. I I know, bro. I know. I don't mind. I got his jersey. I got my car seats. I got my covers. I got everything. Santa Rogers. So I'm happy about that. But also, too, well, Mister Wilson, please. I've seen him in practice. He's all over the place and running crazy, and that's why he got the sprint. Will you just it's practice with these guys just stop trying to outpeat everybody. Just relax, like Roger says. He's all over the place. He's running crazy. He's diving. Like and next thing you know, he got a sprained ankle, right? He'll be fine. It's not you know, serious. He'll be okay. And Garrett Wilson is way too important to the team. Eddie, great hearing from you, my I friend, know. as always. Thank you, my I, I hear what you're Thank saying. You. And look, there have already been some close calls around the NFL. Right, with some of these injuries already, and it's still July. Jalen Ramsey's out for a little bit for the Dolphins. One of the best corners in the NFL. They're paying him big money. Had knee surgery already. Joe Burrow, the Bengals, they survived the scare. That looked way worse initially when it first happened. May only miss a game or two. We'll see. But then today you had Tim Patrick, right, who's one of the Broncos wide receivers, suffered an Achilles injury out for the season. You hate to see that stuff before you even step on the field for a real game. Hate to see it. We'll get a little bit deeper into the Jets flirtation with Dalvin Cook when we come back. Plus, we'll keep in your baseball calls as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. He's a good young man, a very good young man. Didn't interact too much, but I mean, it seems like there's a lot of stuff going around, especially when it's open to the public. So, But it was, it was good to say hello. So what does that entail today in showing up, taking a physical and just meeting everybody what that's pretty much it call it a meet and greet i don't know about recruiting i think it's just more just get a feel and make the best decision for your family i'm sure he's got a lot of questions that he wants to ask and uh hopefully we get a chance to sit down and, and i can answer any questions that he might have that's robert sala Head coach of the Jets talking about the visit from Dalvin Cook, which took place on Sunday out at Florham Park as we welcome him back here. Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. So Cook made his visit. 
no contract, went back to Florida, and now the Jets sit and watch and wait while he entertains offers from other teams. I'm sure that he's in talks with the Miami Dolphins. That is his home down there in Florida. Some other teams kind of kicking the tires as well. Dalvin Cook wants to get paid. Said it a little while ago. That is the bottom line. You know, it's funny. We spent so much time talking about Saquon Barkley and his efforts to get himself a big money deal from the Giants over the last, what, several weeks, months. Dalvin Cook has been a way more productive back than Saquon Barkley's been in their respective NFL careers, right? And so Dalvin Cook finds himself in the same situation. Yeah, he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring yet, hasn't been to a Super Bowl, but he wants to get paid no different than Saquon Barkley did. The difference with Dalvin Cook is is that Minnesota didn't put the franchise tag on Dalvin Cook, so he isn't even assured of getting even $10.1 million for the upcoming season. He now has to go out there and get his, right? Because he's essentially a free agent. And this is a guy who routinely is over 1,100 yards, a guy who's going to find the end zone for you. He is going to produce, and he's going to help any team. So, yeah, I think he wants to join a winner, and I believe all that stuff is true. But he also wants to get his share of value when it comes to a contract, and he's entitled to that because, look, I don't know if Dalvin Cook is necessarily or was on those Zoom calls with some of the other running backs out there and you know, lamenting the fact that guys don't get paid at that position any longer, but he can read the writing on the wall. I mean, Dalvin Cook right now, this is going to be his... Let me see. In 10 days, he's going to turn 28. He's in the prime of his career. But unfortunately, the running back position in the NFL, you're 28, soon to be 30. Teams are going to be looking at you as, you know, pretty much over the hill in a couple of years. So he might have to settle for like a one year. Look, if he were to sign with the Jets, I would be very surprised if it was anything more than, let's say, a one year deal. Because Brees Hall is here, Brees Hall is the future. Brees Hall, I've said it many times, I think Brees Hall is going to be ready to go for the start of the season. But it doesn't hurt to have an insurance policy in the form of a guy who is a multi-pro bowler and one of the best players at his position in the NFL. And, and say what you want, Dalvin Cook has produced more in the NFL than Brees Hall has. He's been around the league longer, but he's produced. It's a bottom-line business. It's a production-based business. Do I think the Jets need Dalvin Cook? No. I haven't felt that way from the get-go, really and truthfully. I think they'll be fine without Dalvin Cook. Will he help? Yeah, you're damn right he'd help. Because what it allows the Jets to do is that they could be even more cautious with getting Brees Hall back in there. And even if he is ready to rock and roll game one against the Buffalo Bills, he's in uniform, they can at least limit his snaps you know, he doesn't have to go out there and get 20 touches a game or whatever it is. Because if you have a guy who also deserves a lot of the carries and a lot of the touches because he can make plays like Dalvin Cook, you, you bring Brees along slowly and then build up his workload as you get into the season and, you know, as the weeks pass and that knee gets stronger and healthier. And everybody knows the story about the ACL. It happens that next year, you're still trying to kind of refine that form again. And then it's that second year after the injuries when you finally start to feel like yourself again, right? Saquon Barkley was a classic example of that. So Cook will be a nice, valuable addition, but is it a necessity? No, I think Dalvin Cook to the Jets is more of a luxury. And to be quite honest with you, I was out there today, and 
it really wasn't a big talking point as far as I was concerned. You know, and I was talking to some people behind the scenes, and it's just, it, it just didn't come about. Because I think that this team has enough as is to be able to function and be able to score points and to be able to move the ball up and down the field. Offensively, they've already made some big upgrades, starting with the quarterback. The quarterback is going to be leaps and bounds more important to this team than anything that a running back could give them. You know, if you if Dalvin Cook, let's just say, you know, were to sign with this team, I mean, where is he on the list of most important players on the New York Jets? Is he even in the top ten? You know, I got to go through, I, I, I got to make the list, but I, I wouldn't bet the house on it. A lot more guys that are, I think, more critical to the success or failure for the 2023 season for the New York Jets than, let's say, another running back would be. Tommy's in Connecticut. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Tommy, how we doing? Dan, what's up, buddy? Tommy, what is going on? How's things? Oh, just uh, enjoying my uh, lovely Yankees putting on another wonderful performance. So... Actually, before I even get into the the point about the Yankees, are are you happier just knowing that the Mets threw you know waved the white towel, or 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 am I in a better spot with this floundering team with a, with a starting pitcher that can't start but apparently can come in in relief? Well, I I think the situations are different, but just the Mets individually as a whole, they weren't going to win anything this year, and it was pretty evident. And you know what? They're an older team. They're a slower team. They went all in with the veterans and so on and so forth. It did not work, and it wasn't going to work. And it wasn't magically going to get better next year either when a lot of those key pieces were a year older and slower and maybe past their best baseball. I think the way they've approached this deadline so far has been really, really good, and it shouldn't stop yet because I think that Verlander's the next to go. Yeah, I, I, you know what? As as you look at the numbers, obviously it makes you mad. You know, what was it, four hundred thirty million payroll plus the tax? But it, it, I think they had to they had to go fire sale. There was no other choice. They had to. They had to. And look, I, I don't. Am I going to be sitting here, or anybody going to be sitting there making bets, Tom, next year? in the preseason or in spring training about the Mets winning a World Series or one of the teams to beat? Probably not. I mean, barring something crazy, I, I don't think that's going to be the Mets, but so what? You know, if you have to have – look, aside from last year, think about the previous, what was it, four or five seasons, Mets weren't a playoff team. The Mets were kind of like a rudderless ship, and they sold their fan base on false hope, and it ultimately yielded nothing. Last year, as it was proven, it was a fluky year. Right? 101 wins out of nowhere. That was the fluky season. It wasn't sustainable because they followed up 101 wins with this garbage of 2023. So guess what? If they now have to take some steps to reload and to maybe just be a so-so team for a couple of seasons to where maybe you start to incorporate some new young talent that are going to be here for a while and they're controllable and breathe some new life into the team and then you supplant that with free agents from the outside, with veterans. That's how you build a team. You know, they talk about it a lot, but now you got to put that plan into action. And the Mets had not done that for quite some time. So doing it now, so be it. Because it wasn't going to get any better if they just went about it the status quo. Yanks down 5-1 in the sixth to the Tampa Bay Rays. And one other thing, too, about the Yankees, like I think Tommy was getting to it before he dropped off. Yankees are going to lose this game tonight, barring something crazy. They're going to lose tonight. 
You know what their record is against teams in the AL East? They're going to be 14 and 20. 14 and 20. So you want to measure yourself as a contender or one of the teams to beat. Well, right now, if you're bringing up the rear in your own division, and you got to be able to beat out those teams before you could talk about doing anything else. And when you've gone head-to-head against them for the majority of the season, you haven't done anything. What gives you confidence or what gives anybody in that front office confidence that things are going to magically just turn around or they're one trade away from making things turn around? 800-919-3776. We come back. I'm going to get into the Giants a little bit. And also, I'm sure you've all heard it by now, but a couple of thoughts on this whole back and forth with Sean Payton, Aaron Rodgers, Nathaniel Hackett, and maybe something a little bit refreshing coming out of Florham Park that we haven't seen in years. Grasso Show till 10, 98.7 ESPN. We suck. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. So the Yankees actually had something cooking a little while ago while we were in commercial. They had first and third, one out in the bottom of the sixth inning, and our buddy Giancarlo Stanton stepped to the plate. What did he do? 5-4-3, inning-ending double play around the horn. Yanks still trail 5-1 going into the seventh inning. You're unbelievable. So, you know, trying to still make sense of this Domingo Herman thing, right, as to why he couldn't start the game, but he came in in the fifth inning. There's a lot of speculation and a lot of things – being thrown around out there that maybe just maybe Herman was part of a trade that fell through at the last minute and that's why he didn't start but then once he realized he wasn't going to be moved that okay he's good enough to pitch so let's get him out there better late than never I find that hard to believe I find it hard to believe because just you know I, I, I'm trying to look at this thing rationally and I understand that you got 26 guys that need to be on every team Each team, ideally, in a perfect world, needs to have five starting pitchers, no matter who you are. But on the same token, who wants Domingo Herman? Like, seriously, who wants Domingo Herman? I mean, the guy's got an ERA near five. No contender is going to try to trade for Domingo Herman because unless he he pitches against the Oakland A's, what, are you going to channel back that perfect game and think that that's going to be the salvation? I, I mean, so... I mean, what were they going to trade him to the Kansas City Royals and he was going to be a low-cost, controllable option just because the Royals need live bodies in there once every five days? Because he got him under control for a couple more years? You're going to trade him to Oakland? I, I just, you know, Oak, yeah, maybe it was Oakland. Oakland was like, shoot, this guy threw a perfect game against us. We got to get him on, on our team. We might be able to tap into something here. I, I, I just, that one to me is hard to fathom. So there's got to be something more to it than that because I can't just use the whole armpit excuse and think that that's going to be the end-all, be-all when it comes to this. Let me say hi to uh, Richard in Manhattan, who is up next here on 98.7. Richard, good evening. How are you? Hello, Richard. Richard going once. I I had high hopes for Richard. Richard... We're going to have to let you go. Sorry about that. You know, Rich always brings very salient points to the show. I was looking forward to hearing from him. I'm sure he'll give us a call back, though. 
Simon's in New Haven. He's up next. Simon, what is on your mind this evening? Uh, when, when are we gonna get, when are we gonna get rid of Boone already? I mean, enough is enough. He, when, when are they gonna listen to Uncle Simon and get him fired, huh? When are they gonna make me happy? I got Wednesday? fired Boone on my flag. We still got this hitting coach who doesn't know who this team is fond of grounding out and popping up. I mean, come on. What part of his network does Boone not get? How about Wednesday? Does Wednesday work for you? Are you busy Wednesday? What if they get rid of him on Wednesday? If they get rid of him Wednesday, I'll, I'll sing hallelujah. <laughs> How about this? If Aaron Boone is gone on Wednesday as the Yankee manager, Simon, you will start the show singing hallelujah on this program. Like, we'll get a musical accompaniment. I'll bring the guitar out and everything. And we'll sing, we'll sing a duet of hallelujah. How about that? I just don't think that's going to happen. It'll be fun, though. You know, I'd be game for that. Change it up a little bit. Something different. Something out of the ordinary. 5-1 Tampa Bay. They go seventh inning stretch. They're not singing hallelujah, by the way, at the stadium. They're singing God bless America. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I actually I actually got a kick out of the way Aaron Rise. They're showing Aaron Judge. I almost said Aaron Judge. Aaron Rodgers handled the whole Sean Payton kerfuffle coming out of Denver in regards to Nathaniel Hackett. Um, You know, the Jets have gone through a spell for almost a dozen years to where, you know, they were a team that was kind of the ones that were picked on, laughed at, made fun of, bullied on the football field on Sundays. You know, didn't really have a lot of success. And remember when Rex Ryan took over? And at that opening press conference, he immediately, almost unwarranted, took shots at Bill Belichick. I'm not here to kiss Bill Belichick's rings. You know, you take a swing of one of our guys, we'll take a swing of two of your guys. I mean, really, just all the bravado thumping his chest. The Jets were not going to be a laughingstock anymore. The Jets were going to be the bullies. And for a couple of years, you know what? It worked. They played like it on Sundays, too. They went to back-to-back championship games. So to hear Aaron Rodgers respond to the shots that were just some strays directed at Nathaniel Hackett, really unwarranted, to be quite honest with you, and really things that you don't usually hear an NFL head coach, at least one that's currently employed, say in regards to another member of the coaching fraternity. But that's what Sean Payton said. He's obviously walked them back several times since, realizing that, you know, he probably should not have said what he said. And in turn, that Week 5 Jets-Denver matchup, I can't wait for it. I wish it was the season opener, but we got to wait till October the 8th. Nevertheless, you talk about being Johnny on the spot. Peter Schrager was out at Jet Camp from uh, NFL Network, and they were on NFL Plus, and this was Aaron Rodgers' retort. Those comments were very surprising for a coach to do that to another coach. My love for Hack goes deep. You know, we had some great years together in Green Bay. Captain Touch, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, how he cares about the guys, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. And it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. How about that? How about that?
You're a Jet fan. You're hearing that from Aaron Rodgers yesterday. You know what you're saying? You're channeling your inner Torello and just saying, that's my quarterback. You might even get all weepy-eyed. That's my quarterback, my QB. Sticking up for his offensive corner. Think about that. Nathaniel Hackett hasn't even called a play yet for the New York Jets. And he's got a future Hall of Famer, a four-time MVP, sticking up for him against another coach who's probably going to find himself in the Hall of Fame one of these days. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Not since the days of Rex, if you're a Jet fan. Do you have that type of bravado coming out of Florham Park? It's refreshing, isn't it? Not just because the disgusting heat and the humidity that we had for those three days over the weekend there have broken and you can actually like breathe the air outside. Nice little breeze at times. But it's refreshing. Oh, I can't wait for the season. Oh, can't wait for the season. It gets underway on Thursday, 7 o'clock right here. On 98.7 ESPN. Subi is in Midtown. He's up next here on 98.7. Subi, how are you? Hey, Dan. I want to talk about the Sean Payton situation. Essentially, I wanted to tie it into his Bounty Gate scandal. Essentially, we never heard his exact, um, his exact, his exact explanation of what he actually did during that season. And I feel like he owes the NFL an apology, which he hasn't even given for the disgusting things he did during that season. And I feel like a lot of these coaches and owners, and I'm going to tie it back to like upper management of the NFL, get away with a lot of shadiness while the players get sort of um, backhanded, I mean, through all of this. And I'm just tying it into also the Colts situation with their running backs. Um, The running back got injured today and Jonathan Taylor doesn't have a new contract. I feel like Jim Ursay is pretty much a gangster at this point by the way he talks. So I'm just saying, how are we going to deal with this new NFL where the upper management gets away with a lot of things and the players tend to get screwed over? Um, that's all I got to say. Well, Subi, thanks for the phone call. Here, When you say the new NFL, is there really a problem to it? If you ask ultimately the movers and shakers, of the National Football League, if there's something wrong with the game right now, what do you think their answer is going to be? You know what they're going to point to? They're going to point to the fact that you had a company give the National Football League several million dollars, right? And they allowed them to put a playoff game on a streaming service exclusively. The annual revenue that the NFL takes in what is it up to? Twelve, thirteen billion dollars a year, and and still growing and counting. They're going to tell you what's wrong with the game. Nothing. Business is booming. One more hour. We come back. Dan Gross' show, ninety-eight seventy ESPN. When are they going to make me happy? This is the Dan Gross' show on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. <laughs>